Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Goodyear Hotline is going to be busy. Sean Payton, live in 15 minutes. Head coach, New Orleans Saints, legendarily put together one of the great careers and great tandems of all time with Drew Brees, who, as you know, announces his retirement yesterday. We'll talk to his coach coming up momentarily. Elsewhere, the dance is upon us. The NFL is being reshaped right in front of our eyes. The Players' Championship was awesome. The list today is about fathers and sons, and your hot takes are on the way. It is a great way to start the week. Let's do it. Here we go! go, go. Only one place to start. <laughs> oh, yes. The NCAA tournament after a one-year hiatus is back and better than ever. And I will say this, after a crazy season in college basketball, and by that I mean we had the COVID stops and we had the traditional powers down. Duke isn't there and Kentucky isn't there and all the rest of that. I I wonder if you are like me, that even if it was a season in which you paid less attention to college basketball than you usually do, maybe less than you ever have before, that there was something about sitting there watching yesterday that selection special on CBS that felt like a big step back towards normalcy. Like, I, I, I get it. I place a, a disproportionate amount of significance in two sports. But there was just something about seeing those brackets going up there and hearing that music and hearing that conversation and Clark Kellogg and Seth Davis and the chair of the committee. is. It just felt so normal. It just felt like, oh, yeah, this happens This is something, this is a rhythm that we get into. The rhythm of sports takes us to this, and now the madness of March begins. And let's cross our fingers and hope that we get great stuff, and we have a chance to do it. And I got my sheet. I got my sheet of integrity. One sheet. No multiple sheets. One sheet of integrity, and you fill them out, and you see who the one seeds are. And my beloved Big Ten is loaded. Nine teams from the Big Ten Conference are on their way to the big dance. And you got big names, and you got Alabama. I watched a couple of games. I watched Alabama beat LSU for the SEC championship yesterday. That was a great game, and Nate Oates is a great coach. That's the guy they got from Buffalo, went down there to Alabama. In the blink of an eye, they're a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. That was a great game. Yeah, I, I watched, of course, the Ohio State-Illinois. It's going back and forth between that and the golf yesterday. That was overtime. That was unbelievable. Ohio State could easily have been a one seed as well, even with all the games they lost this year. I love the Big Ten going into the dance. Patrick Ewing is in the NCAA tournament. Rick Patino is into the NCAA tournament. It is, it is, it is, it's, it's just unbelievable. I mean, here we are. We're back, and we'll make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. The NCAA tournament is back, and even though I paid, I, would, I will admit, I probably paid less attention to college basketball this year than I have any year in recent memory, I am super excited to have a sheet, and I am super excited to be back into this. And a very quick word to the wise. As you fill out your brackets, and we have the ESPN, you know, the NCAA tournament challenge, and you fill them out with us, and we got millions and millions of people doing it. Keep a close eye before you take Virginia or Kansas. Bear in mind, both those teams have situations. Both those teams had to pull out of their respective conference championship tournaments because of COVID circumstances. Virginia is not going to be able to travel, assuming this all goes well, until Friday for their Saturday game. Kansas has got three players that had to stay behind based upon COVID. So if those are teams, just a quick word to the wise, and we'll have plenty of the analysts on here for you sort of giving you tips on filling out your sheet of integrity. But those are two to keep a close eye on. 
In fact, between now and I believe the commission, the guy was saying Tuesday is the day that they could pull these teams out. After Tuesday, the field is locked and set. The games don't start until Thursday, and then the first round, the traditional first round, Friday. So keep a very close eye on that as we try and figure out where these teams are going to go. We will have Virginia and Kansas facing COVID circumstances, and hopefully we won't have a lot more of that as we go. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. So that's obviously one of two monster stories on this day. The other, all you can say is respect. I mean, tip your cap to Drew Brees, one of the great players in NFL history, calling it a career yesterday, 20 seasons in the NFL, 15 years to the day that he signed in New Orleans as, I will say it, the greatest free agent signing ever. I think taking it top to bottom, you have to say it. If you think about the other great free agent signings, the signing of Peyton Manning in Denver wound up getting them to two Super Bowls and they won one, but in the end it was only four years Reggie White going to Green Bay, that helped lead the Packers to a Super Bowl championship, and they made it to another, and he was one of the greatest players at his position of all time. But Drew Brees, when you take into account the totality of what he meant to that franchise and to that city and everything else, I think it is very fair to say that Drew Brees is the greatest free agent signing of all time as he made his move yesterday. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. He makes his move now to the broadcast booth. He'll go to NBC and he'll do all of that. But I think that the, the part of this I want to think about here, we'll talk to, about his greatness as a player when his coach joins us in just a few minutes. Sean Payton and Drew Brees, who had a partnership that was about as successful as any of all time. We will talk about that. But the thought that I have is about what he meant to that city. Has any player in recent memory meant more to the city in which they played than Drew Brees meant to New Orleans? Think about what they've lived through there. Think about what he was there. Think about the symbol of hope. Think about what that franchise was above and beyond. And obviously nothing is above and beyond the the tragedies of Hurricane Katrina. But even just the history of the Saints beyond that. And they were the Aints. There have been very few. That was one of the worst franchises historically in the NFL. And now they're just a perennial winner. You just expect them to be good going into basically every season. We'll see if they're able to keep that going. Drew Brees did that. And he did so much more. Well, what he has melted, meant in that community is incalculable. You could try and add it up in terms of all the money and all the hours and everything else, and you could never do it. You could never do justice what he has meant there. He has been an extraordinary example of what you would love to see an athlete do with his or her success. The difference that he has made in that community, and no doubt will continue to make there. And then as far as his historical greatness, I will say I continue to think about this. You think about the impact that one call, one bad call, can have on so many things and so many people. So three years ago, the New Orleans Saints were in the Super Bowl. They had beaten the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game. There was the most blatant pass interference you've ever seen in your entire life that was going to give the Saints a first down. That game was going to be over. There were no ifs, ands, or buts. If a ridiculously obvious call was not blown, the Saints were going to the Super Bowl. So at minimum, Breeze would have been in a second Super Bowl. The Patriot team that wound up there, they looked fairly beatable, right? I mean, that that game against the Rams was one of the least memorable Super Bowls of all time. Just think about what we'd be saying about Drew Breeze today. Not that his career should be diminished in any way. But the difference between two Super Bowl championships for a quarterback and one is a big one. 
And what if in the two Super Bowls that he won, he had beaten Peyton Manning and Tom Brady? Conversation would be different today. So you just think about the magnitude of that call, the, the, the enormous consequence of what happened in that moment. I feel bad for him in that regard. Look, he had an incredible career. He made enough money to, to, to his family for 20 generations. There's, it's hard to say you feel sorry for someone, but you look at the way that team got eliminated from the playoffs a few years in a row. You look at them having to go on the road to play a sub-500 team once upon a time in Seattle, and that was the Beastquake game. You look at the Minneapolis Miracle game. You look at them losing in overtime at home two years ago now. And then, of course, the worst of them all was you look at the Nikel Roby Coleman call. That was one of the worst missed calls in the history of any sport. Could have been different. But maybe he wouldn't write it any other way. Either way, you can't. You can ho- almost hardly have a greater career than Drew Brees did. We'll talk about that with his coach, Sean Payton's going to join me coming up in just a few minutes. The list is about fathers and sons today. Your hot takes are on the way. Just getting started on what's going to be an unbelievable week. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The great Sean Payton will join me in 30 seconds on the Goodyear hotline. He and Drew Brees basically joined at the hip for the last 15 years. It's almost impossible to mention the success of one without the other. We will talk to Sean about the news yesterday that Drew Brees is retiring in 30 seconds. I'll spend those 30 seconds on ZipRecruiter. The football offseason is always wild with all the trades, free agent signings, and new coaching hires. Teams have to be excited for the coming season. If you want to hire people that you're really excited about, team up with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. 
To try ZipRecruiter for free, just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Breaking news right now. ESPN's Adam Schefter is reporting. 15 years to the date when he signed with New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees is announcing his retirement. One of the greatest of all time. A little question of that. A Greeny as we continue here, and we are delighted to welcome in the man who was the coach, with uh, with Drew in New Orleans all of those years and had all of that success together. Sean Payton is with me here on ESPN Radio. Sean, thanks a million for doing this. How are you today? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you? Well, I- I'm terrific, and, and I want... Before we look at anything that has happened recently, let's go all the way back, and let's make sure that we paint an appropriate picture of where it began. So it's 2006. We're a year removed from the, the tragedies of Hurricane Katrina. A new coach and a new quarterback come to New Orleans for a fresh beginning. What do you remember about that? Yeah, look, it's pretty clear still, uh, and it doesn't seem that long ago, but I had gotten here uh, oh, probably January 06 and right away began filling out the staff, um, looking closely at the current roster and then evaluating the, the quarterbacks in that year's draft were, you know, it was Cutler, uh, Young, Liner. And it was the Reggie Bush draft. Um, we were at the combine, and I can remember it was the day the offensive linemen were working out when when we had heard that San Diego had had released Drew. Um, we knew he, he had a significant injury, and you know we began doing our research at that point. And you know it it, it came down between two teams, Miami and us, and and you know I think. Uh, he felt more comfortable or more confident that obviously the commitment we were making both financially and, and as well, you know, at that time there was so much still going on relative to Katrina that, you know, we're, we're trying to put our best foot forward and, and celebrate any type of signing, any type of, and, and that's the significant of him. The significance of him signing obviously was uh, forever going to change the organization. And then shortly thereafter, we used the second pick of the draft with Reggie Bush. We had a real good draft that year. It was Bush. It was Roman Harper, Jari Evans, Colston, Shreve. Um, But that that was as clear today as it, it, looking back on it. And I, I can recall even when Mickey and I flew up to pick up Drew and his wife, they were in Birmingham rehabbing with, with Dr. Andrews, and he was still in a sling. Um, and to some degree, we, we were betting on – the, the makeup that we knew he was going to, you know, work his tail off. There had not been a quarterback have this injury. There, there was no really study of someone who had this injury and then later played. But uh, it began. It began in '06. And and the rest is history. I mean, literally, that's an overused phrase. But in this case, it really is appropriate. Let's focus first on the football piece of it. When did you start to realize that the chemistry was there? Because it's one thing to be a great coach, and you are. It's another thing to be a great quarterback, and he is. But in order to have accomplished what the two of you did, there has to be more than that. There has to just be some connection and chemistry that worked. How did you first start to realize that you had that with him? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, you know, that first off season back then, we were having forty off season days. You know, um, of weightlifting, running, and, and and so the off season program started earlier. You had mini camps and OTAs. Um, both he and Deuce Deuce was injured from the year before. Um, 
in Drew's case, he was able to go through the drills but not throw. And so he was in the huddle taking a snap. Um, but I think right away you saw his leadership and, and there, there were so many people that were new. You know, we were all – it was like an upstart, you know, a company that was just uh, getting underway. Um, then we got into training camp and he was still – at that time, on a, uh, a very strict 20 to 30 passes a day, um, Pete Carmichael, who's now our offensive coordinator, Pete was with Drew in San Diego, and there was a little bit of a coincidence. I had hired Pete long before Drew was available, and Pete was the quarterback coach that, that season for us. So during training camp, when we were watching his progress and recovery from injury, Oftentimes I'd look at Pete and say, Pete is, you know, is he close? Is that it? You know, Pete was the only reference point to being on the field and knowing what it looked like when it was a hundred percent. And Drew will remember this. I know Pete does. I do. We played the, you know, our, our preseason games were all on the road that year because the, the Superdome was still being renovated. And we played the Colts in Jackson, I believe. And, um, in that game, I, I can't recall if we won or lost the game. It was, I think, the third preseason game. And he had an interception maybe or two. I can't remember. But there were two passes he threw that were significantly different for him, the way his shoulder felt, the way you know he got on top of the ball. And I remember him after the game saying, Coach, it's going to be fine. You know, tonight something happened, and I, and I, and I totally felt like, uh, it was back to the way it's supposed to feel. And that was encouraging, but you know, he's such an optimistic person. One of the, one of the great traits when you really watch him, if you tune into a game and it just goes to the offense or him in the huddle or breaking the huddle, you would never be able to tell if we were ahead 10 down 10 ahead 20 or down 20, you know, it, it's kind of the same. And, uh, but but that was a night I think he would earmark as getting over the you know and, and this was late in the preseason and then week one we played at Cleveland we won that game he made a throw at Green Bay in week two where I thought man there it is and that I think it you know the significance of his injury and the recovery it was still getting stronger throughout the course of that 06 season but right away Mike to answer your question there's there's just something I, and I can't put my hand on one specific thing, but he became an extension of what we were trying to do as a, as a coaching staff. Um, he, he, he was just such a competitor relative to how he approached everything, you know, the, the way he ate, the sleeping, the working out, the training, you know, it, it, it was just completely on, on another level. And, you couldn't help but follow the players and then coaches as well. You know, the, there is this back and forth where you feel like, Hey, we, we've got to have the best plan in place this week. And slowly that offense began to grow and, and the team began to grow in that first year. Uh, you know, he led us to the NFC championship game. So early in that season, I think we started off three and O, but you, you saw all the traits you were looking for. The only question was really the health of the shoulder and and that was answered very early in the regular season. 
Three knows exactly right. The first two on the road, and then the third game is the legendary Monday night game at home, the Steve Gleason game against Atlanta. And that was really, I think, for the rest of the world, that was the beginning, the beginning of this era of Saints football. Sean Payton is with me on the Goodyear hotline. Goodyear helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. So, so to me, Sean, it feels like there's really two stories here. That There's the football story, which is an incredibly important one, especially for those of us who love football. But then there is what he meant to that city. And when you take into account, again, 2005, Hurricane Katrina, the Saints didn't even play at home. The city's devastated. And, and now the life and the light that that brings and what he has continued to do and be and mean for people who don't live there and, and don't see it regularly. I mean, how would you put into words what Drew Brees over 15 years has meant to the city of New Orleans? Yeah, I, I think, um, man, there, there's there's so many words that come to mind, you know, the, the commitment and dedication to the city itself, um, hope, recovery, all of those things, um, and just the consistency uh, that he and his wife and his family have brought relative to not only his ability on the field or his work on the field, but their their efforts off the field. Um, I mean, it for for everyone that started in that early 06 season new coaches new players uh, nobody knew really what we were getting into um and, and i mean that you, you know you knew you were coming in you, in a very short period of time we had to turn things around and you know i can recall parcells saying hey you you've got you know a short window or, there, or there'll be another press conference with another coach in a navy blue jacket you know, being announced as the head coach so quickly. And, and for me, and, and I, and I really mean, you know, that opportunity that we took a chance to some degree because of his injury, but uh, none of, none of this would have ever happened had, had we not been able to sign uh, him at the time. And, you know, we were, we were actually looking at the draft class and believe it or not, Josh McCown was on a flight connecting i want to say in charlotte when drew had called that morning and said hey i'm coming to new orleans and i remember we were able to get in touch with josh and he just turned around and took the flight back and and didn't connect into new orleans he he was he was who we were going to go with uh in the early start of, of 06 and and you know so many things can happen to determine you know when these when these new teams are hiring or the new coaches are coming into the league sometimes they need some you need some good fortune and and certainly we we and i was blessed with that right away and uh but from a from a standpoint of the city i I mean it's it's just it's an area in a region that you're so much closer to the people they're they're not all these gated neighborhoods or places to go you you really live amongst everyone um, the Mannings still live in the same house that they've had for years. And, and I just think, uh, you know, they, they were, they have been very, very visible and, and huge contributors to, to the rebuild and, and to the, 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 the fabric of this city. Mike uh, Greeny and Sean Payton is with me here, and I appreciate so much all of this time. I, I, one more, I'd be remiss if I just didn't ask you. You know, this doesn't come as a surprise, obviously. It, it was widely expected, and I'm sure you've been well aware yep. of this for a while now. So what is the plan now? You have a really, really good football team, 
and you got some questions to answer a quarterback. In your mind, what is the plan going forward at the position? Yeah, good question. So Taysom Hill's under contract with us, and we're going to go out uh, and and look to sign another player. Jameis Winston is, is a guy that we're familiar with because we had him last year, and it was an opportunity for not only us to quickly get familiar with him, but but vice versa, him to be able to see what we do offensively um, and how we do it. So um, really that that's the plan for us. And, you know, we, we feel like both of those players uh, having been here on the roster a year ago, really for the last two or three seasons, you know, a few years back, it was Teddy Bridgewater and, and Taysom and Drew. And then this past season, um, Jameis, Taysom and Drew, we, We've been fortunate to have a real good room, uh, and so I, I, I feel like uh, our, our our goal right now is is finding a way to get you know Jameis under contract, and uh, that process all begins here and, and has begun. Okay, yeah, fair enough, because you can start doing that, and the league year starts on Wednesday, and we'll see where it goes. Sean, I, I always appreciate this. Thank you so much. Congratulations. It sort of feels... I know it's not over for you, but it feels like the end of a chapter, and it feels like I want to say congratulations on one of the great runs of all time, and I know that success will continue. So I appreciate it, and we will talk again soon. Thanks a million. Hey, Mike. Thank you very much. All right, that's Sean Payton again, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. That 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 marriage, that that combination is one of the greats of all time. I mean, it just is quite simply one of the greatest of all time. And, you know, that went longer than I planned it to, so I'm going to move some things around here because – I feel there's a part of me that has just moved to tell this story. I feel like I need to tell you this story because um, I saw a little bit up close and personal the New Orleans story back then. And just to try and get a full understanding of what the city was like, I'll, I'll, I'll point out two games, one of which you remember, and that is the third game of that season, the 2006 season, the Monday night game. Practically everyone who was there will tell you it's one of the most memorable sporting events they've ever attended. When I interviewed Mike Tirico on my podcast this past fall and I asked him the most memorable games he's ever done, he pointed to that one. That was the first game back in the Superdome after all of the tragedies of Katrina and everything else that had happened. And they came back. They were a surprising 2-0, and and they beat Atlanta. They blocked a punt. Steve Gleason blocks a punt. There's a statue of it outside the, the stadium to this day. And the noise, that was a green day, and you, uh, U2 played before the game. They, they, they did that song, The Saints Are Coming. It, it's, it's one of the most famous games in recent NFL history because of all that it meant. And so you remember that one, and Mike and I were there. The other thing I remember that you probably don't is that a few months later, Mike and I were doing Arena League football. We did the, the Arena League games, and they played the Arena Bowl, the championship game of the Arena Bowl, in New Orleans the following year. So this is just a few months later. And Mike and I were there to do the game. And unlike the trip that we did to that Monday night game, the famous one, which was in and out. I mean, I, we flew down that morning, did the game, did the show, came home. This one, when we went down to the Arena Bowl, we were there for several days. And so that was the time that I really had the opportunity to walk around New Orleans and really see what was going on. And when I tell you that whatever it was that was being depicted to the world did not do justice to the devastation. If, if, if you, you, I've never seen anything like it. And this is, you know, mind you, this is, I, I don't remember the exact date. It was a year removed at least from 
the return. And my most overwhelming memory of the entire experience was that as we were walking around, people would just stop us in the street and they would say, hey, Mike and Mike, Mike and Mike, tell everybody how great we're doing. Make sure you tell everybody on your show how great we are. Make sure you tell everybody New Orleans is back. The pride of, of, of the people there, it was so important to them. They wanted so badly for us to tell the world how great everything was. You, you got to tell everybody we're back. Tell everybody New Orleans is back. And I remember it broke my heart because I was looking around and I was thinking to myself, this is not back. Like, they're not back. They're not anywhere close to back. The devastation is still evident practically everywhere. They fixed up like the few places that every tourist goes, but the rest of it was a shambles. And um, that is the part of it that I remember so vividly was all the people that came up to us and said, I mean, to a man and a woman, and literally every person said the same thing. Tell everybody how great we're doing. You go on that show of yours and tell everybody that New Orleans is back. And it, it, a little part of it broke my heart. I felt so sad. Remember, that was the feeling that I had at that time. Um, if you were never in New Orleans in, in, in the wake of Katrina, you would never, could never do justice what the devastation was. And so in the midst of that, it's, it's a really good example of what sports can mean at, a, at their very most important. You know, when I hosted that 9-11 special, I remember saying on the air, the really important games in the history of sports are not important for who won and who lost, but for the simple fact that they were played at all. And the fact that the Saints came back and they were playing, and that's the first year of Breeze and the first year of Sean Payton, and then against all odds, because they were 3-13 and 13 the year before, they wind up being really good. And then, oh, by the way, this, this quarterback winds up being one of the greatest of all time. And then, oh, by the way, he winds up being about as community-oriented, about as serious, with about as big a heart as, as any player you could ever possibly ask for. And he's insightful and cares and, and is fully willing to give of himself in every conceivable way to help this city through it. I really don't think that you can go too far in stating and describing the importance of Drew Brees in particular and the New Orleans Saints in general to that community in that time. And and part of that is just the circumstances. It could almost never happen anywhere else any other way because you need something like that to be the backdrop. But Brees stepped into the middle of it and accepted it. And that becomes, I think, in my opinion, and he's one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever lived. He's on the short list. He's one of the most accomplished ever. He's got half the records in the books. But what he meant to that city, I think his legacy is more about him as a person and what he and his family and, and, and his leadership meant to the city of New Orleans at its absolute lowest moment, at one of the lowest times any American city has ever known. I think his legacy is more about that than it is as a football player, which is a hell of a thing to say about a guy who was one of the greatest football players that ever lived. Uh, Greening with you presented by Progressive Insurance drivers who save a progressive save over $750 on average. Uh, There was so much else I was planning to get to there, but I didn't because I just felt after that conversation with Sean, I I just thought that story needed to be told here. So I've got the green list coming up here in just a couple of minutes. I really want to say a few words about Marvin Hagler. We will get your calls here, hot takes on the way, all that and more as we continue. This is Greeny with you, and right now it's time for some straight talk. Your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune that out. 
With Straight Talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on uh, ESPN Radio. I've just been told Patrick Ewing is ready to go. We will have Patrick Ewing live in 15 minutes. The legend, the Hall of Famer, who has led his alma mater, Georgetown, on a stunning run through the Big East and is back in the NCAA tournament. He'll join me live here in 15 minutes. Meanwhile, fascinating stat. I put this one together all by myself. How about this, Hembo? A fascinating stat today brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I was just looking over some notes with the Saints. So when Drew Brees gets there, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, their first season together was 2006. They went 10-6. and I thought to myself, how many times or how long had it been since they had had a 10-win season prior to that? So their first season is 2006. I I went back. The previous time they had won 10 games in a season was 1992. They had gone 14 years without a double-digit win season until those two guys get there. In the 15 years they were together, they won double-digit games 9 out of 15 times. 60% of their seasons together, they won double-digit games. They hadn't done it in 14 years before they got there. That's how they turned around a franchise, and that is my fascinating stat. Again, brought to you by DraftKings. If you missed any of the conversation with Sean Payton, a reminder, it'll be part of the podcast. We do a podcast every single day. It's called Hashtag Greenie. You find it anywhere that you get your podcasts here. They take each hour. They make into each individual one-hour podcast. It's Hashtag Greenie, and again, it's available anywhere you get your podcasts. The list is what determines who matters in this business. Okay, so this is a really good list today, and here's what I did. Now, hashtag Bubba, you need to tell me if we're okay here. So the idea of the list, in honor of what would have been Bobby Bond's birthday today, is today is the greatest father-son combinations in sports history. Because Bobby and his son Barry, obviously legendary, but I couldn't narrow it down to five. It's always my top five. Today I've made it my top eight. I actually put together eight because I just couldn't settle on five. Bubba, do you have a problem with that? I think we got to go eight. I think we got to go eight. We are going eight. Here we go. Today's green list, the eight greatest father-son combinations in sports history. Number eight. Eight is the Longs, Howie Long, and his sons Chris and Kyle. There are two of them there. 
Chris Long was the second pick in the draft in 2008, won two Super Bowls. Kyle Long has been a very good offensive lineman and is actually making a comeback. Howie Long is one of the great players of his generation and a member of the Hall of Fame. They are number eight on today's green list of the greatest father-son combination. Number seven. Seven is Dell and the Currys. Not just Steph, but Seth. We should point out Seth. Dell, NBA Sixth Man of the Year in 1994. Silky smooth jump shot. Obviously not as good a shooter as his son Steph, who's the greatest shooter in NBA history. And his son Seth, who has carved out a very nice NBA career. Four-year, $32 million deal with the Mavericks. So they are number seven on the list. Dell and the Currys. Number six. Number six, Calvin and Grant Hill. And I love that they didn't play the same sport. Calvin Hill, a terrific, legendary running back in his day with the Dallas Cowboys and his son, Grant, who won two national championships in college, who was the rookie of the year in the NBA, was a seven-time All-Star, who was a Hall of Famer, and who, if it had not been for injuries, would have been one of the greatest players in NBA history. Calvin and Grant Hill are number six on today's green list of the greatest players, uh, father-son combinations in sports history. Number five. Five are the Griffies. Ken Griffey Sr., Ken Griffey Jr., Uh, Ken Griffey Sr. played 19 seasons in the majors, part of one of the great, maybe the greatest team I ever saw, the Big Red Machine. He was a three-time All-Star, and then he did get the chance to play with his son, Ken Griffey Jr. You don't need me to tell you what he was. He was an MVP. He was a 13-time All-Star. He hit 630 home runs. He's one of the greatest players of all time, known forever as the Kid Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. are number five on the all-time list. Number four. Four is Bonds, Barry and Bobby Bonds. Barry Bonds, who, of course, as you well know, with the controversy and everything else, seven-time MVP, 762 home runs, 73 in a season, holds the records. His dad, Bobby, who played most of his 14 seasons with the Giants, just the second player to hit 300 home runs and steal 300 bases at the time that he did it. Willie Mays had been the only one. Bobby Bonds was a terrific player. In his day, I really struggled with the order in which to put the Bonds and the Griffey families. Could have gone either way on that. We went Griffey 5, Bonds 4. So I know what you're thinking to yourself. How can there be three father-son duos that rank ahead of them? Well, that's why you listen to this show. Because today's green list is giving you the facts. Number three. Number three are the Earnhardts. Great job by my staff throwing these at me today. Dale Earnhardt Sr. won 76 NASCAR races, including the Daytona 500, seven Winston Cup championships as they were then known. He was the champion of the year, tied for the most all-time, maybe as legendary a figure as his sport ever produced. His son won 26 races. He won the Daytona 500 twice. He's going into the Hall of Fame this year. He's a Hall of Fame inductee, and he was, I think, as beloved a driver as there was in the sport. During the heyday of his career, Dale Sr. and Jr. are number three on today's list. Number two. Number two are the Hulls, Bobby and Brett Hull. Bobby Hull won a Stanley Cup, two-time MVP, led the NHL in goals seven different times, was the second leading scorer in the history when he retired. And his son, Brett, obviously won two Cups, won an MVP, scored 741 goals, which is still fourth on the all-time list, Bobby and Brett Hull are number two on the father-son list. I'm looking at Brandon, who loves to guess along with these. Number one. Can you guess who number one is? He says he doesn't have a clue. It's the Mannings, Archie, Peyton, and Eli. 
Archie Manning played 13 years in the NFL, was a two-time Pro Bowler. His son, Peyton, you may have heard of him. (laughs) He won five MVPs. He won two Super Bowls. Perhaps you're familiar with the work of his other son, Eli, who was a two-time Super Bowl champ, four-time Pro Bowler, and a top-ten all-time quarterback in a million different lists. And so that is a very busy and very awesome green list for today. The top eight father Son combinations in sports history. The great Patrick Ewing has led his team back to the dance. He'll join me live as we continue in just a moment. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.